Hello folks, welcome to the Direct Republic Podcast. This episode is going to be um, crypto updates and kind of how propaganda and stuff propagates through, you know, the COVID narrative, but also there's, there's ignorance in the crypto market as well, and we'll discuss both. predatory crypto media um when uh, the the media now is kind of figured everybody needs to transition your mind into data is the new oil well it's not just data it's also the human attention span okay you are being data mined by all of these people when you are listening to one podcast you're not listening to another it's never objectively better it's everyone making choices so because it's everyone making choices you are going to have to choose you're going to have to procure a certain amount of your of your data and and it's got to be good you can't be wasting your time so Trying to glean out what the bad stuff looks like is often a lot harder than figuring out what the good stuff looks like. The good stuff is usually obviously helpful. I will start off easy. The, I would say the first, um, the first person I'll tell you is, is good. You know, uh, there's, there's, here's three. It's Magical Crypto Friends is a group of coders. It's somewhat boring conversation. They're, they're friendly with each other, but they're very, very, very knowledgeable. These, these are blockchain architects. So while I won't say that the conversations are very uh, lively all the time, they, it's always good information. The next one is a girl named Heidi on crypto tips. Her stuff is good. It's, is it perfect? No, it's, it's not perfect. Her and I would sit down and have chit-chats about stuff. However, it, it, this is really good when uh, when someone is saying you should join my Patreon. It looks like magical crypto friends. It looks like crypto tips. And oh, I, I knew I had a third one here. Oh, I'll remember it later. So I want to get into the two grades of bullshit. Now, now when I say these people are predatory, they want your clicks. They're gonna say some shit that's gonna get you to click it. So I'll start with JSNP4, Laura Shin, and Crypto Blood. Now, now these people are not um, information dense. Uh, Crypto Blood, he's a trader. So he has this bias where he comes at stuff like, if it's not regulated, you can't do it. Well, no, that's not correct. He might not be able to get away with it. He might not be able, he also takes like a, tax like like people who do crypto taxes he he takes them as sponsors and shit so <clears throat> what you really have to understand is like i wouldn't i don't take sponsors because it's easier to, to not but i would never take 
you know, crypto is antithetical to taxes. You don't have to report a bunch of this stuff, but it really, it really depends on how you do it. When you buy crypto, it, it's not tax reporting. Of course, you'll be asked. You'll be asked. And, and of course, the IRS would love to know where your, your crypto is. They don't care why. They'll find a reason to come take your funds. That's how they work. So <clears throat> you really don't have to report. Like if you're doing stable coins, you know, if, if you do USD trades, well, you, you may, uh, if you go out of crypto into USD, oh yeah, you're going to get hit with, you're going to hit with some kind of capital gains. You're going to get hit with something. But if you're just stable coining, your money left the USD slash Federal Reserve note and never came back. So the fact that there's a technology called, and, and let me be very pure, if you want to talk about pure predation in the, in the market, it's not a stable coin, okay? It's pegged to fiat. It's not stable. Everyone is being mimetically programmed over and over and over because that's how propaganda works. So we'll get more into the propaganda here in a bit, but the propaganda is right up front. These are not stable coins. They're not. As a matter of fact, if you want to be an adult on this planet, every time some fucking ignorant mammal says the phrase stable coin, correct them. Remind them that they're a dumbass who's been propagandized and say, no, I'm sorry, those are state, they're not stable. They're fiat pegged and they're just as unstable as the underlying instrument. And that's what a lot of people need to understand that, that most of this is the underlying instrument is fraud. Base, uh, base sensitivity to initial conditions or extreme sensitivity to initial conditions is chaos. So when the underlying instrument is where your chaos lies, don't feel stable on your layer, on your second layer. A, a quote, stable coin is a second layer solution to the U.S. dollar. So, um, so Crypto Blood just has this bias where a lot of it comes through a certain lens. Then he has some really good guests on his show which, which counter his own narrative and he doesn't give them shit when it happens. So I just kind of look at this as a guy who has a business and, and he gets clicks. So I think he needs to keep the gloves up a little more. But other than that, like this is, you're going to get clickbaited and maybe, maybe there's some, maybe you learn in the beginning, everybody will learn something. The problem is from crypto blood, you'll probably learn to pay your taxes in crypto. And that's not a good learn streak. Laura Shin is the permanent clickbait government BS. It's everything she puts out is all regulated. She has two podcasts. One is called Unchained and one is called Unconfirmed. So in a blockchain world where you're looking for good information, technically the names of both of her podcasts are obvious as to why you shouldn't. And then we'll just move on because she has some good guests. Joe Lubin was on there. I, I often wonder how, like, it, is it really in a world where you just show up and you do a hundred ignorant podcasts and then you'll, you'll, you'll have a presence? Because that's apparently how you get really good names to come on your podcast is just pontificate like a moron for a hundred episodes. Oh, well, I'm established. So uh, apparently I should be more of a bullshit artist and talk more. Eh, ain't happening. So just be careful for the kind of advice you're going to get from those those portals. The, the, the next amateur hour is JSNP4. Now, way, time, way long time ago, this guy had actual information in the market. He has now moved into psychics, pure, pure fucking psychics. Now, let me tell you that there aren't any psychics, and here's what they're doing. You can go back to my COVID, uh, 
COVID out crypto in episode and I explain how there's a Furrier series running. Well, there still is a Furrier series running in the market. So some of these people that they're calling themselves psychics, they're very good at math skills. Okay. They figured out what, if you're very good at math skills and you see that Furrier series, it's only a matter of time before you will unfurl it. You can place several price charts in there and you can reverse extrapolate how that furrier is being built if you're really good at math then they'll call themselves a psychic no no they're not psychics they don't see the future they see the present and they're highly technically adept and then they're playing a game called magic and now they're psychics however if you really want to understand how some of this game is played in the real world the term medium of exchange. Um, it, there are people who use the word psychic and medium interchangeably. Well, because the dollar isn't a unit of measure, a medium of exchange, you're, you know, when gold is pegged to dollar, you're trading car for gold, you're trading horse for gold, you're trading horse for dollar. You know, there's an exchange rate that you can measure across all of these. You can't really do that anymore because the dollar is this untethered float. So it doesn't get rid of all of the human energy that it goes into create dollars, but it does have them. We don't know how many there are. We don't know what, how they will stack up against other, you know, once you peg the dollar to something that's <clears throat> like a kilowatt hour or something like that, or once you just get a, even a ballpark average of, yeah, it's X amount of kilowatt hours to a dollar. And then you apply that to crypto, you just run. You just run as to who's worth what you run. You extrapolate that out. But that Furrier series has nothing to do with USD prices per se. It has everything to do with understanding the math behind how that market is moving. So then I'm going to get into three what appears to be professional predatory propaganda misdirection artists in the market. The first is called Lark Davis, the crypto lark. Okay. This guy's, pre uh, much of what he has you looking at isn't incorrect. All of this is axiomatically correct information. So it's a lot of one dimensional stuff. He's not teaching you how to do stuff hardly ever. It's here's a big pile of info, sort it out yourself. Okay, that, yeah, you can't necessarily argue against that, except that is part of the way you can confuse someone. When you don't have a holistic presentation, you just shotgun a bunch of stuff at them and leave it to them. So when you do that, it's not super helpful, but it, you can't necessarily say it's negative. But then I continue. Then this human being will use hand, tonality, hand signals, tonality, facial expressions, pure six-year-old confident child, okay? This is how you attract, lure, draw someone in, bring the kitties in, right? Super expressive and dumb as fuck. Well, then you'll see on his uh, thumbnails for his, for, his, uh, for his videos, there's a white halo around a still image and his still image of his face. And again, it's expressive and there'll be hands and fucking bullshit. So... This is how you try to draw a lure. You're trying to get someone's medulla involved into clicking this. Lots of pastel bright colors, lots of contrast. It's pure psychedelic marketing, psych, uh, psychological warfare 
use of multiple tactics that you're not necessarily looking at, but you can't unsee all at the same time. And this, this goes through the three guys I'm going to mention is Jim Bianco, uh, Lark Davis, and Chris Martinson. All three of these guys proclaim. Now, no, Lark Davis doesn't really proclaim to be a professional of any sort. So maybe, but he just appears to be real clickbait kind of nonsense. Jim Bianco is a fake finance guy. Like he's a real finance guy, but he never brings anything other to the table than government. Government nonsense, he kind of like, well, some days it's just finance stuff. Like when you're pointing at finances, you point at finances. But his idea of, and I quote, risk markets is only when Joe Biden is on the ticket. You know what I'm saying? So he's not betting anything else in a risk market. He is presenting COVID narrative and government FUD through the lens of finances in any goddamn facet it can turn out. Kind of, he's kind of been off the radar lately. His fucking podcast is called Talking Data, which is again axiomatically correct on how you just bullshit someone. Yes, we will talk the data. We will not do anything. We'll just throw it. You know, an axiom is just a, like a toothpick. We're just gonna throw a pile of toothpicks at them. It's not anything wrong. Let them pick their teeth. There's no meat to this. There's just toothpicks, but a big pile of toothpicks. And then, you know, it's somewhat confusing. I, Lark Davis is more like that than Bianco. Bianco presents stuff, but it's, look, it's a risk market. Biden's in the lead. No, it isn't. Biden was never in the lead. And everybody knows that's why. Like, Listen, when you're putting forth this, the establishment narrative, you are a fucking moron at certain points. The next guy is Chris Martinson. <clears throat> This guy claimed to be a virologist when in reality he was just a finance guy. Now, I don't care what his credentialing is. I don't give a fuck if he went to Johns Hopkins and came out a virologist. He's not a practicing virologist. He's a practicing guy on the fucking internets who used to work at a bank. So that looks a little sketch to me. Then you look at his fucking videos, the thumbnail with the dumb fucking expression, the primate expression to draw your primate brain in, and the little white halo around it to make sure it, it looks somehow cleaner than, than the rest of the presentation. And you get in. He's also, um, a lot of these people have voice. It's the tonality and how they're getting it to you is unique and expressive, which is, again, it's one of those things that's talking to your brain when your brain kind of wants them to shut up. Give me some information instead of give me more, uh, more balderdash. So this guy, well, he's a virologist. He, he is not. I, like, I don't care. He could have taught his entire audience to be virologists during quarantine. Like, you could just put on a clinic. Literally, if you're a virologist, you can do that. What did this guy do all year? It's not, it's not my opinion. You go look at what this guy did all year. He put forth the daily news in clickbait format every day. And it was always COVID government. I know markets. I'm a virologist. COVID market. COVID market. I'm going to get you to buy the government line. The propaganda. When COVID market. No. The guy you need to go look at, his name is Milton Berg, and he will sit you down and tell you, none of this shit actually works like that. Like, I just saved you an hour. You go look at Milton Berg's face, 
and just imagine him looking at you and saying, none of that shit works like that. And then you can move on or you go listen to him. But this whole, we synchronize the news to the markets. You want to talk about the goddamn grand illusion. These people synchronize news to markets. Now in the crypto market and you're running on a Furrier series, you can understand why, oh my God, we're gonna talk about XRP. We're gonna talk about XRP because it's centralized garbage out of Southern California, so the feds can raid it. Bitcoin will be talked about ad nauseum because, well, there's reason, there's good reasons to talk about Bitcoin, but I think the CFTC has a lot to do with it and I think there's leverage involved so if everybody thinks the Bitcoin price is 100% correct, just remember, somebody could be applying leverage to that. And you don't necessarily know, and I'm not being shitty, and if you think I can't be in applying leverage, then you got to explain that Furrier series. Because once I'm running a Furrier series, I can apply leverage to it in the background in ways you don't understand. So, I just, this is open market operations. Um, the CFT was involved. CFTC already admitted they were involved, but it was vague. The Banking for All Act is, is um, according to the paperwork, it was the the central bank should have digital wallets available no later than one January. Okay, no later than one January. Um, the IMF is talking Bretton Woods 2.0, and Trump is saying that he got a deal for January first. So I don't know what, and oh, and Brexit, Brexit is going on, you know, at the same time. All of those are kind of relevant to the economic sphere. Well, if you remember the last election when there was a half a trillion dollars facing the wrong way because Hillary Clinton didn't get elected, I don't think anybody's going to make that mistake just four short years later on the next election. And here we are in the dumbest election in human history. Well, well wait a minute. You know what I mean? How are all of these events synchronizing? And this is just some market, you know. Open market operations by the CFTC, obvious involvement by Congress through the Banking for All Act. The IMF is squealing, Bretton Woods 2.0. Trump is, has admitted, I got a deal, January 1st, okay. So, and then all of a sudden the election. So yeah, everybody has to remember, that election ends one of three ways. It wins Trump, it wins Biden, or no one. And nobody's looking at the no one option. My, my money's still on no one. So Monica Perez had a document on her, on her Twitter, and it was this document where a guy was basically pointing out um, a study was done, late 60s, early 70s, whatever, and it concluded that the entire human economy globally was just a wartime operation. It was people stealing from other people, people trying to defend their property, etc. You could call it whatever you want. Yeah. When soldiers are preventing crime, you're calling it reparations. When cops are preventing crime, you're calling it too late because they're not preventing it. Now they're just pulling the property back. You know what I mean? Well, it's really just a time frame of you getting stolen from and on what scale. And the real functioning problem is dumb primates will steal, which is harassment and interdiction, in some other primate's supply line. So these people basically, they were the big brain boob. They had the best, best information money could buy in you know, 1968, 1970. And they all concluded this entire operation, that which is human, is nothing but a wartime endeavor. So the fact that it's been run like a wartime endeavor the whole time doesn't kind of blow my mind so much as there was an awful lot of corruption involved. And I don't know.
You can get judgy about it if you want. We weren't there. Then there's 2009. <clears throat> Once a global high-speed internet was established, more fraud, more fraud was established. The same old situation of humans was now applied to a new technology. And the, you get more different ways of crime. Mount Gox, fraud, all kinds of fraud. So you have to understand that the military science and technology kind of have a Venn diagram that looks like binoculars. As long as you know what you're doing and you actually understand your technology, you have this big... The, the, the more you understand your technology and the more you understand your game, your binocular view becomes a monocular view and your Venn diagram gets a lot tighter. So that technology isn't a small advantage. It's a huge advantage. The, the same technology on a global scale that was causing global fraud also makes it possible to stop it. But, but you can't, it's like, it, there's a procession of things. There's a natural order of things that no human can reorder, whether they want it or not. Um, production always proceeds consumption, precedes, not proceeds, precedes consumption. You cannot have a sandwich before you make one, period. I don't care who you are. So, because if you're not going to understand, first you need a global high-speed internet, Almost the first thing that'll happen is someone will misuse it by accident before it actually gets misused on purpose. Then someone will start systemically misusing it on purpose before anyone decides to systemically fix that. So here we are down the road from the internet and then from the global high speed internet and the global high speed internet provides solution to problem. It's also solution to intercontinental payment settlement, which precludes the reason to deploy an army. You should have enough Bitcoin staked or Ethereum or... I, I look at Bitcoin as art and there's, there's other coins that are just going to retake the money of this planet. And it's, Bitcoin will not be the money because, because of certain issues with it. But it will be, you know, an asset like art. But you can, because it's pristine collateral and everybody kind of thinks it's money, it, it, I'll just use it. Bitcoin can be staked for dozens of oil wells. And when those oil wells get taken over because it was the Kuwaiti's job to protect them, we're not sending an army to go get it. We're keeping their Bitcoins. They keep their fucking failure. and We don't go clean up Saddam. Now, that wasn't the world in 1989. But the world of you know 2029, if, if some human wants to have an oil well over there and they can't defend it, that's their problem. We're not going to deploy forces that are meant to defend people in mass to protect. And again, it's not 1990. We were protecting the oil standard. Well, the oil standard was the money standard. So at a certain point, you have someone like Saddam who knows, well, if I want to fuck with America, I'll just fuck with the money standard. That's what Libya was doing, and it got Muammar killed. That's what Saddam did. It's what got him killed. So... Anybody who actually has the ability to fuck with it, with any of the certain things that the federal government does, whether they be journalists, whether they be third world dictators, whether they be doctors with new science, doesn't matter who they are, they will be persecuted. You are not allowed to change the status quo, and that's the real problem. So Monica's um, on Monica's Twitter feed, there is a this document and. It's all wartime and peacetime. Well, that's where I'm going to just throw this out there, that we're headed towards a peacetime economy. 
And none of us have ever seen that in our lives. So the restructuring of how the dollar is going to collapse, because that fun fundamentally the circumstances have changed to where a wartime economy doesn't actually have to be the way. So because we can provide certain areas where a wartime economy would not have to, where the economy is fundamentally wartime because people there steal too much, <clears throat> America's kind of not like that. Uh, the cops actually take more. In taxes, we're not even talking about taxes and we're not talking about tickets. Civil asset forfeiture nets more on a national level than the cops or than the, than the criminals get on the national level. So the, the system has become more predatory than the, than the fellow humans on this continent. I'm not saying it's like that everywhere in the world. There are definitely places where there are predators. However, they are few. A lot of people don't understand it only takes a few predators to run an entire continent. And when I say a few, I mean the North American continent was probably about, I don't know, six or 7,000. And they didn't all know each other's name, but they were all in their own front, doing their own thing. So now the world has changed. That small group of people doesn't have the ability to know as much as the group. And then some of the people in the group, like Mark Zuckerberg, they have big data. They know what the group is doing. So big data is this human terrain map that lets you know how shit's working. It lets you know how the humans are going to react to it. And those humans have been pressed propaganda for a long time. So the propagandization is really this transition. We're wartime, we were wartime, have been wartime. Now we're going to head towards a peacetime economy. There are so many other things like the human traffickers seem to be getting yanked out all of a sudden. And, you know, this really started in 2008, right? 2008, financial system collapses. 2009, the Bitcoin is invented. It still isn't perfect. It still has, you know, a decade of growth ahead of it. But the systems that came from that, people were very good at, you know, putting stuff in place. If you need any evidence of this, you go. You, you got to go look at that Furrier series. You can go look at that and say, okay, this is a signal I'm getting in the market. This is Elint. It's electronics intelligence. You are getting a live signal that does that. Um, if you want specific, like I have a, I had an older version of Blockfolio, and now I have a newer version. The newer version makes certain things easier and other things harder. The older version, if you were to put on the global average, it would just take you to a USD, whatever coin you were looking at, it was coin USD. Now, if you get global average, you get to pick the pair. If you have the older one, you can go look at Veritasium, Salt, Raiden, and Vertcoin. The newer one, go look at those ones anyway, Vertcoin is still doing strange things. So when they tell you you're running, a, they're running a Furrier series, just imagine this. The goal is to keep us all out of that market by making it look bad, even though it isn't. And the manner in which there are some people, CFTC is doing this, is they are leveraging these products down and they are restructuring the economy. And, and this propaganda of, I mean, there, you can call it the noise, the noise and fog of war, but then there's just explicit propaganda that makes all of this crypto shit sound bad to keep a lot of people with money out of those markets. The specific example I can get into, Vertcoin is really good. You can go look through the USD charts of that and you're going to start seeing wobbling. But I have another one. I found it uh, since I got my newer Blockfolio. 
there's it's called Lend L E N D, but then it's the same prog, uh, program is called Ave A A V E. L E N D was the smart contract, got taken over by some coders who know what they're doing. Lend got converted to Ave one hundred to one. So if you had a hundred Lend, you got one Ave. And then they took a six one point six billion coin system and they made it one or sixteen millions which brings it down to how like compound finances. So they do this transition where, well, Aave is trading because the, the way you do an ERC-20 is the old token will kind of lock. Well, it's not locked on Ethereum, but it's not trading anywhere except, okay, the old coin is traded in a WETH pair, WETH, okay? WETH is a regulated exchange. You, you can't be on there and unknown, period. That's just the way that works. So someone has taken the Lend coin and it is trading supposedly at 95 cents along this ignorant pair that no one trades in a coin that's functionally not even Lend anymore. It's now Aave. But you will get live signals that this pair is trading at 95 cents. Aave is 100 to 1. Aave is trading at $75-ish. Lend is trading at 95 cents ish. So the ratio here should look like $95 to $75 and there's a $20 spread and someone should be able to arbitrage it, except you can't. Except you're not trading Lend to Aave, but somehow when you start doing, you know, price and volume charts, the manner in which Lend trades affects the price of Aave. Lend is trading higher but Aave's price isn't going up. So it looks to me like someone has leveraged Lend up. They're buying Lend at 95 cents. They're letting those prices average in to the rest of the price charts for Aave. Someone's buying at 95 cents because they're an idiot. The rest of the market is pulling it down, right? So now you're getting these proper volume metrics of what you think you should see based on what you see, but the back end, the back end, why there is no reason for Lend to be trading. So when I say somebody could take a bunch of Vertcoin, stick it in a wallet, run some money velocity across it, or if, you, if you're like CFTC, you have money to burn. What if I have a $2 billion budget and my job is to purchase coins at a ridiculously high rate, sell them back to the market at a ridiculously low rate, burn that fucking USD, but continue to maintain the price illusion? None of us could perform this. It's counterintuitive. Who the fuck lights United States dollars on fire to get into the market? The answer is people who want you to not be in that market and they just print dollars up. So when you have a dollar printing press and a motivation to keep that market looking ugly, you can just light USD on fire and manipulate prices with money, velocity, metrics, volumes, you can do that in the background. It's hard. Anybody who thinks I'm, I'm crazy, you got to go and look at how many Bitcoin charts there are. If you think you know how, what the Bitcoin price is, you have to go do the price and the volume on the whole thing. Now, you can look at the blockchain, but then you go from money to currency. When you look at all the transactions that was done on the Bitcoin blockchain, that is your money transactions. That is your settlement layer. As soon as you start looking at how much Bitcoin traded notionally, you're looking at currency velocity. And when that currency velocity exceeds what the Bitcoin network can provide on its own, 
it is receiving an, uh, an illegitimate benefit. If you're trading a Tether Bitcoin pair in a wallet where no Bitcoin moves, and you're then creating an artificial money velocity that pushes the cost of Bitcoin up because it looks more attractive, the Bitcoin network can't perform enough transactions to really get a proper you know, M2 on top of it. So start thinking that, you know, if you think you know how Bitcoin works, your settlement layer is your actual velocity. And whatever somebody's cranking across a Tether wallet that makes you think that, uh, that, that an M2 money thing applies to Bitcoin, maybe you better understand that is a second layer solution, at which point... <clears throat> Honest market competition will cause everyone who needs a second layer solution to then compete with Bitcoin, whether Bitcoin wants it or not. Bitcoin is still going to be like, like Mark Cuban said, Bitcoin's going to be art. It is going to be the first assembly line that you can go buy a piece of. It can be irrationally expensive, just like art. It doesn't matter. Is it money? <clears throat> we can argue it all day. I don't care. It is pristine collateral. And as far as I'm concerned, pristine collateral might as well be money. Doesn't matter what your, your medium of exchange is. If you have pristine collateral, it doesn't matter. We're going to make a trade and we might not need currency. We might not need money. We might just have two pieces of pristine collateral that settles the deal up front. So my last parts of this is I am under the impression that because you, uh, I, I've been looking at the market a while now and Syscoin, S-Y-S, it is merge mined with Bitcoin. So, you know, if you start getting into the cost of money creation and how that's all coming into the world, Syscoin and Bitcoin are merge mined. Syscoin is also bridged with Ethereum. So if you go do your homework on this, you're going to find that this coin is 60,000 transactions per second. I would put this in the market as militarily dominant. Okay. If you're not going to look at the market as in someone has a technology that can exacerbate a bunch of your subordinate systems, there are very few systems that could run against, against Syscoin. It's 60K TPS and it can burst higher. So, I mean, you could say that's wrong. If you, if you scale it all the way down to 45, which is like the low-end testing, you still have to understand that this is going to be a dominant feature in the terrain that all coins operate, whether or not you like it. And, and it will have the ability to suck on people. You know, the transactions per second through certain types of arbitrage bots will cause other coins to lose their money velocity or have it, if, uh, let's just say, if you have a thousand transaction per second system, and a 500 transaction per second system, and a 30 transaction per second system, and a 5,000 transaction per second system, and then they're all rubbing up against Syscoin. Syscoin has the ability to decide. Uh, you let the organic blockchain volume of all those other ones handle their own transactions, but then Syscoin is assisting Uniswap in liquidity, or or maybe somewhere near the core of it because Ethereum, you know, Uniswap works on Ethereum. Where's all this TPS coming from? And I'm getting the impression that the TPS matrix of how this all works is starting to look a little weaved together to where, you know, there's liquidity pools and then there's on-chain. So if something is on-chain, it's going to be 
um, handled by its own transactions per second, but then someone's got to pick up the extra TPS swaps that are just going through liquidity pools. And if you're 500 TPS, you can't do that. If you're 500 TPS, you might be able to handle your own organic. If you're 1000 TPS, you can almost definitely handle your own organic. But as soon as you become militarily dominant, you can just perform the currency swaps so fast that the other, the other, they don't even get to offer their liquidity in an organic manner. So across Ethereum, you just see this pool of liquidity that sits on Ethereum. Sys and Ethereum have this weird relationship where if that whole pool of liquidity is shared across both of them and the primary mover is Sys, not Ethereum, then Ethereum 2.0 really just becomes interoperability with Sys instead of, instead of, um, and this is, again, we're not trying to adulterate the blockchain systems and the architecture. We're saying the interoperability is going to allow fluid TPS and currency pools, which, you know, there's Uniswap, there's Sushi, there's all these, all these liquidity pools are using these metrics to make this happen now. So just go look at them. If you don't think this is a, I think this, everybody should just go buy 20 bucks of it. Um, go look on Binance because this is where you're going to find your Furrier series and you're going to go look at when the ETH sys pair, the BNB sys pair and the ETH BNB pair as they came and went, go look at those dates and other significant events on those dates. It's a good timeline. CZ at one point had, uh, the, the guy who runs Binance had a hundred million syscoin. A hundred million syscoin is one per Satoshi in a Bitcoin. So if you're trying to perform an act of leverage, financial leverage, and you have 100 million syscoin, I have two things at the same time. I have more than five times the amount of Bitcoin in existence ever, because there's only ever going to be 21 million of them. And there's not, and there's not 20 million now. So you have more than five X and then you have one per Satoshi. So anyone who doesn't think that this is the longest lever in the world that couldn't move the earth, you're wrong. That is the biggest lever I've ever heard of. Now, that doesn't have to be done forever. That only has to be done for certain currency metrics. And then CZ can start releasing that liquidity into the world. So as this financial leveling seems to have been done, now CZ seems to be on the release. And all of this big, or all of these uh, syscoin coming into the world, you know, the only reason syscoin prices have been the way they are is because this liquidity flood comes back into the market after the financial leveling. So it all gets sucked up in the most biggest lever you've ever, biggest financial lever I can imagine is, you know, if you're trying to leverage the entire US dollar system, you have some currency that's 1% and then you have one, and then you have a pool of just more than dollars. It doesn't make any, a 5X pool of dollars to perform leverage. The concept of it in dollars is ridiculous. So when you look at how you can perform leverage, I see CZ with 100 million, and that's a real weird number for me. So that that's a weird, and then there's one more weird set of circumstances. There's a guy named Cliff High, and he came up, he was pulling data from Google searches a long time ago. And... His data, he, he predicted a, a Bitcoin move of 13,888, and it didn't happen. However, when it was supposed to happen is when the Spark wallet opened, is when the 96 Bitcoin spike on Binance happened, 
when that wallet opened. And that very much just looks like they, they hit the gas on SIS and they, they cranked the money velocity and it shot the moon. So ever since then, we've all been in a nice quiet. We got to restructure this market around working equipment. And that's, that, that, that's maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe the U.S. government had an open contract out for any or anybody. What if CZ had a bounty out and said, I need a coin that does this. And then somebody shows up and provides those metrics. And ka-chow, you get to see it in the 96 Bitcoin, uh, BTC spike on Binance, where that's currency velocity applied to the situation back then. Don't, don't think that every Syscoin is worth 100 Bitcoins. I don't. I'm saying Syscoin might be worth one Bitcoin. I'm not saying it's worth 100. I'm saying when you apply currency velocity to it, it just has this weird ability to shoot off the charts. TradingView removed that spike. And I don't care what the I don't care what the metric was and why they did it. I don't care what the excuse was. I don't believe none of these excuses anymore. And another thing is the live coin exchange has suddenly gone rogue. And there's a big spread between what Ethereum is on Binance and Ethereum is on Livecoin. So it, it the timing. The timing is just way, way, way too convenient. So uh, crypto updates pretty much done. You kind of, I'm just going to tell everybody, you know, $20 worth of SIS if you're wise. And go look at the metrics. Go look at the Furrier. Go look at some of the USD shit getting out of Wonk. Other than that, it, the propaganda is still thick. Everyone is still pretending. Everything is your IKEA diagram. The N95 mask never stopped the corona family of viruses. So if you're going to continue to pretend, that's what everyone is doing now. They are pretend. We are all looking at this mass hysteria where people will pretend in fear. They will pretend to act like they're nice people. But they will not go do some goddamn research and say no. And some of the people are starting to say no. Please stop yelling at Costco. Don't get on the table and yelling Costco because it's their place. It's the only place I wear a mask. So put the mask on, go in, pay, and leave. But, it, but, but you don't have to wear it in many places. HEB in Texas doesn't enforce masks. They ask you if you have one, you tell them no. Sound, not, sound like you're not just, it doesn't matter. Dumb humans at the gate are like, they're like nine-year-old hall monitors. They don't know why they're doing any of this. You give them any reason to not wear a mask, they'll fucking take it. It has to sound good. They're dumb. So just tell them what they want to hear. Uh, lung condition. Yeah, tell them whatever the fuck they want. Whatever. Get them out of your face. But in Costco, it's not going to let it fly. Don't worry about it. Put your mask on in Costco. It's the only place that it should, it should not be relevant. But I, I'm not giving anybody a pass. Costco shouldn't be enforcing it. But we go back to if you can be threatened by the United States government through your LLC for any reason, any, any branch. It's, you know, I'm in Texas. If the Austin City Council is going to send Austin City jackboots to Costco because they're not enforcing max mandates, Costco isn't going to call me. I will find out later that cops went down there and that the time for me to show up and prevent them was before. I cannot guard all three of the Costcos. So at a certain point, all of the adults in their own locations have to start saying no, but they don't. if you don't know why, you probably won't say no. And if the answer is we're never taking off the mask, the answer is you weren't an adult when this started. So the propaganda is bad in the crypto sphere. Go buy some anyway, because the person you save is you. The propaganda is bad in the media sphere. Turn it off. Be more selective about who you listen to. And 
when you narrow those people down, your propaganda gets a lot less, but you'll get more irritated because you're surrounded by idiots. Uh, it turns out I'm not mentally ill. I am actually surrounded by assholes. So if you ever thought you were crazy, look around right now. You're, not. you're surrounded by assholes. Remember, don't put on a mask, put on a muzzle.